This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, all right. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk torture. Um, I know torture is like a scary, horrible thing. We're all like, oh, I would never do that. Why would I just hurt somebody to whatever? But I feel like, you know, there comes a time where it's appropriate. It's also appropriate to understand it, to end up not falling victim to it yourself. I feel like some people can prevent or present a case or make an argument where you build up such a a fear in your mind that you're willing to do anything or divulge anything in order to protect that fear from happening. Um, I, I think even it ends up being a case like we had talked in the past about like child sex trafficking and things like that, you know, where they're like, oh, well, I'll hurt your parents or Oh, you know, these are forms of torture or, you know, just the shame that you'll have if you go back and, and, you know, this gets exposed. Well, that kind of fear is also a form of torture. But, um, Kevin, let's talk about some kind of like reasons that torture might be appropriate or how it might present itself. Right. Well, there's, there's a lot of different reasons that somebody might torture another person. Um, First one would be punishment. Now, they've done that throughout history. You know, um, uh, long prison sentences haven't always been the way that people have been, you know, punished. It wasn't always about rehabilitation or things like that. They didn't have massive prisons back in Persia and uh, in uh, Sumeria and those those countries, those nations where it you know, torture really, the first, the history of torture really started with the history of mankind. It's been going on forever. And a lot of the times they would use torture as punishment. Uh, things like caning and, um, you know, just physical abuse as punishment. Right. They still do that in a lot of countries. And um, uh, Saudi Arabia does a lot of that sort of stuff. Um Hong Kong, not Hong Kong, uh, North Korea, uh, China, and um, you know, just just uh, it's a it's a normal way that a government might uh, deter people from being criminals. So the next mo- the next reason for torture would be uh, revenge. You know, getting revenge on somebody that did something to you, torturing them just just for the uh just for the sadism sadism of it you know to make you suffer the way that you know they made you suffer in a sense um the other one is next one is extortion 
you know, you do a torture to, I remember when I was living in Florida, um, a guy had been saving up for, to buy a car and, uh, some of his coworkers kidnapped him and tortured him until he gave his, uh, his pin number so they could take the money out of his, his account. And I think it was a, they got a total of like, you know, $1,200, but they cut yeah. all this guy's fingers off and, you know, all this sort of stuff just to get that little bit of money. And they ended up killing him. They found him in a swamp. They're hoping that a alligator would eat him, but they found him before he was, was eaten. Now, up. Who's going to give up a finger to protect $1,200? Honestly, really. And I would have my $1,200 before my finger. I'll tell you that. Right. And, and my experience has been, um, you know, when you call the bank and you're like, hey, um, I think somebody else is using my account. The money's all gone and I didn't do it. The bank's right. like, oh, OK, we'll put that money back. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, my fingers. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, a stretch. It, it does seem like a stretch. And honestly, if you're cutting somebody's fingers off for twelve hundred dollars, you're probably more interested in cutting somebody's fingers off than you are in the $1,200. That's you the guy who likes to torture dogs and stuff. Yeah. You, you right. Got a right. Um, persuasion. That's, I mean, that's one of those things uh, like persuasion could be uh, trying to get somebody to divulge secrets. It could be uh, persuading a family member, maybe, maybe by torturing their spouse or their children. Right. Or, you know, you know oh, I could grab your you kids or your family at any time. Right. And, you know, that's that that's definitely creates fear. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, a lot of the tougher guys, you know, are good with themselves. But the fear of harm coming to a loved one, you know, or even just general population, you know, uh, you know, I've seen like uh, there was maybe like an episode of NCIS or something one day and and they talk about. Um, the guy's like, oh, well, I'll sacrifice my life trying to disarm this bomb or whatever, because otherwise a thousand people are going to die. And, and right. I'm so altruistic. I'm not sure that those thousand people have the same value as me. It mm-hmm. just depends. Like sometimes <laughs> I'm the hero, you know? Right. Um, but sometimes a lot of people are like, shitty yeah. though. <laughs> a lot of people are shitty. I don't know that I want to save them, you know? So that's that's something to consider also. Um, so one of the things that I, I went watching uh, uh, this Chicago PD TV show. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's on Amazon. It's free. So I'm like, yeah, it'll pass the time when uh, sometimes I'm in a situation where I have to be somewhere at a desk and I have a computer and I'm like, I can just watch TV. I'm not going to say where that is because that might get me in trouble, but I'm just saying it's been known to happen where I can watch, you know, binge watch some TV. So I'm watching the show and it kind of inspires me that like people would, the guy would interrogate somebody and like his first thing, he'd just slap them in the face, like, Mm -hmm. you know, really shockingly hard, but not a big deal. Might leave some bruises. Probably not whatever. But I think when you're like, what the fuck? This guy is crazy. That fear that you put in ends up mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, he'll kind of do anything. Because you're not really, you know, I mean, punching him is more aggressive. The The slap is just kind of like a shock. Like, what the, what? This guy's crazy. Now, the way... Like I was just thinking, and and actually, what brought on this episode was they were trying to get somebody to talk, and and they were trying to find this really bad guy who, you know, ended up you know killing a bunch of people and whatever. But in order to create fear, they go in and grab them in like a sweatshop, and so they're sewing, you know, whatever, and you have these big industrial sewing machines, and they put the guy's hand on the sewing machine while it's running and they're just kind of like inching it closer where it's going to really just go through his finger and it creates such fear. I think a big part of it is the story, the, how you build it up that it's terrible, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the pulling out people's fingernails. Um, one of the audio books I, I listened to a while back, 
the guy's like, oh, well, you know, how do you get people to talk? Do you need all kinds of tools and whatever you do? And, and the guy's like, oh, I just carry this pair of pliers because I can do anything with a pair of pliers. You know, right. and, and that kind of that vision and terror of like somebody cutting your finger off with a Leatherman or, you know, pulling out your fingernails or just kind of puncture wounds. And mm-hmm. they instill such fear, even though they're not necessarily a dramatic thing. I think one of the ones you used to see in the movies, I, I, I've read it in books and I, maybe not a movie, but I've read it in books quite a few times where uh, they'll put uh Oh, I think I I saw it in some drug cartel kind of shows back in the day, but they'll put a rat. It was a big like Mexican thing. They would uh, put a rat in a bucket or a bowl and set it like on the person. And then they would kind of hold a torch or something to heat up the the bowl on the outside. So the rat feels the pressure and is determined to get out. So it tries to eat its way through your flesh, you know? And I imagine as soon as you start feeling a rat chomping on your belly, that terror is created. But if you think of the actual consequences, it's probably got to be there with them holding it, eating through you for a while before it's really going to have a lasting effect. But Mm -hmm. it definitely has a lasting effect on your mental state, you know? Right. So that's the kind of idea that makes torture effective is – the backstory and the fear created that goes with it, that terror. Um, another one that I read was, uh, you know, a guy just, he hung up everybody and pull, um, put them in a room, had them hanging from the ceiling and they were tied up their, you know, their hands and stuff. And I guess they're, they're hanging from their wrists or something, but the guy just goes over and pulls down all their pants and mm-hmm. right there, all of a sudden they're all talking. And the guy wasn't, yeah. you know, really prepared to do anything. He mm-hmm. just, that creates an image in your mind where you're like, oh, what's yeah, he well, going to do? I got some delicate parts there, you know? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's also a part of uh, torture that's just a uh, uh, humiliation, you know? They yes. do, did that a lot with, uh, that was one of the things they were doing in Abu Ghraib that everybody was upset about. It was just all the time, naked all the time, you know? Yeah. Kind of a humiliation, smearing shit on 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 people, you know, that sort of uh, it's it's like an extreme embarrassment almost that that, you know, is humiliating to somebody wearing a big letter A for adulterer. Well, I was. Yeah, I remember reading a story uh, a while back about a uh, a person that was uh, that was uh, a prisoner of war. I think it was Vietnam War. And okay. uh, they had him in a, in a prison camp and they were whipping him and they stopped whipping him. And one of his, uh, uh, one of his captors started pissing on him mm. and he thought, you know, I, I wish they would go back to whipping me instead of being pissed on, you know, how dare there's they that sort of, yeah, there's that sort of mentality that, you know, some things to some people, you know, right. are even worse than physical abuse. And you can kind of feel it out and kind of drop some things and, and see how people react. Now, mm-hmm. in America, we got in trouble for uh, waterboarding. It's a big thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to talk about waterboarding a little bit? You, you have an idea what that what's going on there? And Well, let's let's run through the list of, of the rest of the reasons. Uh, okay. For torture I, I didn't real realize quick. you still had more. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Um deterrence you might do that to deter other people from doing the same thing right torture them publicly so that other people you know don't commit that same same that used to be the public hanging kind of idea or Mm -hmm. um i know in in some middle eastern countries it used to be a thing to cut off a finger if they stole something or cut off a whole hand depending whatever that's going to make you think twice a little bit right Mm -hmm. um before i shoplift that apple you know Right, exactly. You're going to think about that that person you know that's missing something. Um, interrogation. Now, a lot of people say, and I, I kind of feel that this is true, that you're not really getting good information by torturing somebody to interrogate them. They're going to say whatever you want them to say. You know? I, think, I think that's true, but I also think, well, like to have somebody confess to a crime, yeah. 
I, mm-hmm. I agree. And I think people have confessed to crimes. I think it's been documented that people have confessed because they're like, look, we're just going to do this to you if you don't. And they're like, all right, it's better right. there. Um, I think that's what kind of happened. It was a general Flynn um, who they were like, look, we're going to go after your son and your, the rest of your family, unless you confess to lying under oath with, to the FBI and intentionally mm-hmm. and whatever. And then they were like, Oh yeah, he didn't really lie, but we just, you know, we guilted him into it because we threatened his son and whatever. And that mm-hmm. broke him, you know, cause he was like, look, it's not worth damage happening to my family and other consequences just to avoid going to jail for two years or whatever. Yeah. Well, you've heard the expression like holding a person's feet to the fire. Yes. There during the, uh, the middle ages, there was a big call where they, they killed everybody that was involved with the Knights Templar. And the first thing they did was they captured, uh, captured the head of the Knights Templar and had him confess to, um, devil worship and homosexuality and all sorts of weird weird shit and you would think how would such a badass motherfucker just confess to these things but that's that's literally what they did they right they held his feet over a fire and burned the bottoms of his you know basically cooked his feet well he was well they were still attached to him until he confessed to you know all these crimes that they wanted him to confess to and so you know that sort of interrogation. Yes, you can you can get information, but you can also get information that's inaccurate because people are willing to say whatever they yeah. want, you know, whatever well, you want them to say. I, I think where I would wrap that one up is that the idea would be if there's consequences to the validation. Um, so, like, imagine like a police force, right? Um, they have some, imagine some legitimate way to threaten somebody, right? All right, we're going to do this to you unless you tell us where the girl that you kidnapped is being held. Right. Then we're going to go check it out. That kind of thing where it's validated. Um, Right. As far as somebody admitting guilt, I agree with you. Somebody admitting guilt, it really doesn't, you know, because there's no no relief if they get caught. I I don't know. It it just doesn't, they can, they get relief by confessing. Whereas if somebody is like, Oh, the kidnapped girl is over in apartment B she's in B and then they go and she's really in D and then Mm -hmm. it kind of, you come back and you poke them in the eye with the stick anyway, you know, it, it doesn't, I, I mentioned messing with somebody's eyeball sounds pretty terrifying to me. I don't know. I like yeah, my eyeball. Yeah, that's that grosses me out. Any any of that sort of stuff grosses me right the fuck out. And honestly, I'll be honest with yeah, all the shows we've done and all the research we've done, this is the one that's really, really kind of fucked me up a little bit. Some of the shit that I read is pretty fucking awful. Oh, I have some good ones. Um, are, are we ready to move to phase two or? Let's let's do it. All right. So first, waterboarding is the big thing that comes to everybody's mind when when they hear torture. And I think, I think a big part of the fear is the unknown, the, the desperateness for air, as well as the, the, I don't know what it takes to kill me from drowning kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out I've never drowned before, you know, yeah. that that's not a thing that I've done. Um, the, so the idea with waterboarding is you have somebody restrained, they're tied in a chair with their head kind of tilted back or they're laying on something, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But either way, they can't move. What they do is they put a blanket or a cloth over the face. One, they can't see, so they don't know when bad things are coming. So they don't know when to hold their breath or not hold their breath or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they basically continually pour water into the mouth and nose where your body doesn't know how to react and it just kind of keeps coming. And when you eventually start gasping for air, you suck it, you know, your gag reflex cause you to expel the air from your body and then, and your lungs leaving you unable to exhale and inhale and without aspirating. And which is basically, you know, sucking in the water. Although the water usually enters the lungs, it doesn't really like fill them up, but it, Right. Basically, 
it gets where you your body immediately gets the desperate need for air. And I think that was the thing is they said that, you know, a lot of times people like you had just said earlier would confess to things just to get it to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, waterboarding is one of those one of those um, types of torture that doesn't leave any physical uh, long term effects. Parts. Yeah, but it's incredibly effective. You know, that's not something I ever want to go through. I know some people have said, oh, waterboarding, it's not torture. I'd, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be waterboarded and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But nah, it, it's not as, it's not as uh, simple as you might feel. You know, you basically it's bringing somebody right up to the edge of death and then taking it away over and over again so that at any minute you could die. And you know that until you start talking. And that, that sounds like a pretty convincing argument. If you ask me, um, supposedly America doesn't torture people, but I think we like to just take them outside the country and have our way with them. Places. Right. So you don't do it in the United States. That's why the the person is in, in, uh, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. It's a different country altogether. It's not even in the, it has nothing to do with us. Right. And the idea is also when we we find ourselves strapped by regulations, from what I've read and, and understand, we're not opposed to letting another government borrow them for a little while and see if they right. can expand on the uh, information gathering. Now, what kind of – like what, what torture kind of have you come across that, that seems like the most horrible? Like do you have a number one? Uh, well – yeah, um, yeah. There was a. Let me see if I can bring this up. There's a, a religious cult in uh, Germany. Okay. And what they were doing was specifically, um, they were trying to condition children in their cult to resist torture by torturing them. They were using uh, basically what they were doing was they were uh, putting them in a box and suffocating them, you know, a sealed box, and suffocating okay. them until they ran out of air. And then right before they died, they'd open the box up. And what that does is it it creates a disassociation in your mind between the physical pain and your mental state. And basically, it's, it's a permanent psychological damage they do to you. The only way to really resist torture is to be psychologically damaged where you can disassociate your mind from, from what's going on around you. And extreme cases of that will lead to like split personality disorders right. and things like that. People that have split personality disorder uh, usually get it from extreme right. physical and psychological abuse. Right. Um, so yeah, that definitely, you know, happens the, uh, cause you know, people have that mindset of they can't, have the two worlds exist on the same plane. And that's where, uh, you know, you get a lot of this PTSD kind of stuff. And, and a lot of that stuff comes back and haunts people is they can't disassociate the two things. Well, they do separate it, but eventually, you know, little bits creep back into your mind at times and, you know, you end up with like flashbacks kind of thing and just little visions of the separate life. And it's once you've done such a strong job separating the two worlds, world where I've been abused and exposed to horribleness and world where everything's fine. Once you catch a glimpse of the other world, it's hard to have that distinction with the, you know, separation of then and now. And that's why people, you know, you always used to see the old movies of, of Vietnam and the guy'd be laying there and you hear the ceiling fan going and it sounds like a freaking uh, helicopter coming, you know, the guy always wakes up and he's back there. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of that thing. Certain things can trigger um, sometimes gunshots or different things bring back the violence or, you know, uh, a, a person who's been like sexually abused or something like that years later comes across like runs into the person. 
they see him at the mall or whatever, immediately that terror and fear grips them and comes back. Now, obviously, we all process things a little bit different, but that's a, a strong reoccurring thing that does happen to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. so that disassociating the two, it may get you through the process and it may help you survive the initial thing, but it can have long-term consequences of, or you could just be the guy in that fucked up way. Who's like, yeah, bring it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the try harder, you know? Um, so there's always something, you know, different ways to look at it, but I would say, preparing yourself mentally for bad things. You know, if you want to, everyone has the idea of, well, you know, if America had some kind of revolution again, well, I'd just be that cool sniper guy who sits up in a tree where nobody can get me and I'll just shoot off all the bad guys. Or I know I can go to my range and hit 20 different targets. So I'd be able to get 20 of them before they'd ever get me because I'd have a good hiding spot or a good cover. And mm-hmm. they they don't associate the reality and the horror that comes with a lot of things and, you know, how it's going to really play out, I guess, is, is, you know, nobody's really prepared for it. And I think mentally you need to prepare for the horrors of, of things. Right, right. Now, I've got some uh, some basic techniques on how to withstand torture. You want to run okay. through those? Let, let's have at that. I right, do so have I've some fun a... torture ideas though. If you well, let's go through those them. first. Then. Let's let's yeah. uh, talk about doing the torture ourselves because that's that's always fun, right? All right. So a lot of them that I read and in, in I looked at kind of the worst of you know torture methods in the past. And a lot of them involve things in the anal cavity and people sitting on pyramids being pulled down until they're kind of split open through their, uh, their anal cavity, you know, vent to vent, we'll say, um, there's a lot of grossness there. Yeah. Yeah, And they're like, Oh, well they don't, they don't wash the triangle that they sit on from person (laughs) to person. So (laughs) if you don't die, you know, right away, you're going to die of the infection later. You know, that's, that's one Mm -hmm. of those things. I did come across one of, yeah, you know what they say though. Anything can be a dildo if you're brave enough. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, I, I wasn't even going to go there. Um, I did come across one called the tub, and what the tub is, if you think like a whiskey barrel, and then mm-hmm. some kind of like stock top, like a stockade where they have basically the head poking through, and. They basically just keep feeding the person water and and food and let the tub fill up with their excrement that uh, becomes all infested and nasty and uh, ends up like eating their body alive through their own waste and uh, grossness. I was like, that's pretty freaking horrible. I can't imagine, you know, something like that. You have that drawn and quartered. Um, You know, obviously that's with the the four horses uh, each tied to a limb. And then they uh, have the horses run. Um, there's a lot of impalement stuff, like I was saying. Um, the Iron Maiden. Now, that that's a, a unique thing. Now, that's like a box, kind of like a coffin, that stands up tall but has spikes on the front and the back, like the door. And I guess right. some of them have the sides front and back. But And hypothetically, that was you were supposed to have enough space that if you didn't move, nothing yes. would touch. But you were in there so long that finally you would start, you know, slouching down and slowly being impaled. Now, Uday Hussein, now, this wasn't really a big thing in, you know, the Middle Ages, like they put it out to be. It happened occasionally. There were a couple of cases with this. But Uday Hussein, that was one of his his jams. That's Saddam Hussein's son. Uh, One of the other things that they used to do in uh, Iraq with their own citizens would be to uh, imprison you without any clothes on in a small cell and that a series of pipes over top of you that all leaked, you know, leaky pipes that were filled with acid. So acid would be dripping on you from different angles and different places until you basically burned to death. 
through chemical burns. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. Well, that's that's and, the thing. I mean, it, it's kind of that. That's one that falls into that gross fear terror where you're just like that sounds so horrible that you know in your mind you can't you know wrap your head around it even though some chemical burns on the skin aren't necessarily the end of the world versus giving up your family or something you know right right you know insured death by the bad guy who's like yeah i can't turn on my drug boss because he's just gonna send somebody to shoot me in the face you know Mm -hmm. so but you know that and putting dripping acid on my wrist i i kind of don't want the acid on my wrist either you know or whatever right um i did come across one uh there was a uh a judas chair what's that which, uh it was kind of basically it was a a chair think like the sitting down like in a uh, electric chair you know, where you have the big arms and the whatever. And right, then it basically has down. nails, nails. Yeah, exactly. Torso, legs, and uh, and wrists are strapped down. And uh, it basically has nails poking through, you know, everywhere. The armrests, the back of the chair, the front of the chair. And again, mm-hmm. it's that where you have to kind of hold your body in a delicate way and pray for, uh, you know, that nothing uh, basically gets punctured too much. Um there was one called the breast ripper. Um, yeah, it basically is like you kind of imagine where they just kind of scoop that thing up. I, I guess it's heated and it, it's an iron like clamp kind of thing that they pull and tug large chunks of flesh away. So that's pleasant. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there that's really freaking disturbing. Um Again, it's that fear and terror. Um, you know, like I said, cutting somebody's fingers off with rusty old scissors, that kind of thing, you know, creates fear. Uh, there was one called the uh, the brazen bull. Um, it was Ooh, like a yeah. big bronze bull kind of thing, or I don't know what type of metal, but basically they put a big fire under a statue and of a bull and you know, it's imagined like being in a box with a fire under it and they kind of just cook you inside. And yeah, now, the interesting thing about that was the, the mouth of the bull was yes, designed would let the as, steam. as like a trumpet. Yeah. yeah. So every time you screamed, it would sound like a bull was, was moving. more terror. And also right. you kind of had steam coming out the nostril as your body boils away. So it, yeah. it's really a, the the interesting fact about that is the guy that invented the brazen bull was the first person to be actually tortured in in it. Now you basically get cooked alive. You, it's not torture; it's just an extremely painful way to die. Painful death, yes. Really, I didn't know about the guy. Uh, the and again, yeah, designed to amplify the chilling screams of the person inside. So that's definitely right. one that has a long term effect. Of mm-hmm. other people, you know, not trying to recreate the bad decisions of the previous. Right. Um, I, I think I'm willing to, you know, pay your taxes instead of get the brazen bull, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to each his own, right? Um, there's also a lot, like, I, I think rusty tools seem to be the key to creating fear in a person's mind. I, I don't know right. if they're afraid of tetanus shots. <laughs> or what exactly it is, but somehow Rusty seems to push right. it over well, the edge. I'd much rather be be cut with a clean, razor sharp scalpel than yeah. a dull rusty knife. You know, there's a there's a tearing factor yeah. that kind of kind of instills fear in people. You know, no, I think that's right. One of uh, I, I don't know if it, the new property that I bought came with a uh, old farmhouse as well. And in the, I was in the old farmhouse and I was up in the attic and they have one of those long two person saws, you know, that's uh-huh. uh, like five feet long. And, you know, I, I guess the wood handles have corroded, but I was looking at that and I was like, you know, that's a pretty terrifying piece of metal. You know, it really is. So I don't know that that's kind of the, the broad stretch of, you know, you said you had some ideas on withstanding torture. Did we not cover that yet? 
Yeah, let's let's get into that. So I watched a couple of videos of of people that had survived torture and and coping mechanisms. Um, so the first uh, the first thing they said was to accept that you're under their complete control. They can do whatever they want to you. And you just have to accept that. There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to escape, to what it to whatever. So it sounds like how you survive boot camp. Right. There you go. Boot camp is a type of torture. I, I at least I felt like that when I was there. Um said also always always be the gray man. Don't like you know, run your mouth. Don't act, you know, don't, 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 you know, don't act up. Don't like, you know, puff out your chest and yell and shit. You want to blend in to the background and seem like a non-threatening person. Oh, so my try harder technique is not necessarily the way to go. Not the best way to go with, with torture. Um, okay. Understand that there's going to be a lot of psychological manipulation. We've talked about that before. It's it's a lot about inducing fear rather than the actual physical pain. Um, the Chinese were notorious for, uh, you know, having like tape recordings in the next room where you'd right. hear noises and things that, you know, and it might even sound like, like, you know, you'd hear noises of a young girl screaming and yeah, that's your daughter. We got her in there. And you know, we're just going to keep torturing her until you talk. And, you know, it's not necessarily the same thing. Or they also like the technique of uh, slipping the secret notes through the wall. Uh-huh. And they'd kind of mess with people like, yeah, here, there's a glimmer of hope. Hang in there, right. buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, stress positions. That's the uh, first, generally the first stage of torture once if you're captured by the enemy it's going to be to hold stress positions and the idea is not that the stress position itself is the worst part but when you try and relieve yourself from the stress position generally you're hooded so you don't know when somebody's there or not there and the retaliation when you try and get out of the stress position is the fear that keeps you in the stress position to to suffer and you're basically punishing yourself by being in that position but you know that trying to get out of it is going to result in even more painful abuse all right so five hold out um overplay your injuries basically scream at every little time you're touched everything and imply that you're under a lot more pain than you actually are says says go ahead and cry It'd be easy to cry when you're in that sort of position, so just let it happen. Make it make those people uh, identify with you as a person. Oh. Now, a lot of people just don't have that. Can I yell out like, "Oh, the humanity!" You know, like right. that. Exactly. That... Okay. Exactly. That's exactly what you want to do. Now, a lot <laughs> of the people that are doing the torturing don't have that sort of empathy. That's why they have that job. You know, a lot of people are just fucked up in the head. And they'd look forward to torturing somebody. They'd get excited yeah. by that. You know, yeah, some, some disturbing. people, you know, some people get, you know, get sexually aroused by uh, torturing other people. And so if that's the guy you got, you know, maybe, maybe crying isn't going to be the best, the best yeah. bet. Right. Number six, always plan to escape, you know, play the what if game, you know, what if they leave my cell unlocked? What if they're, you know, not looking? What if there's a bombing here and, you know, there's an opening in the cell? Always be ready to take advantage of any sort of situation that you have uh, to, to get away and escape. And keep I, running I, that time. Yeah, I feel like people give up sooner than they should. You know, you see the, uh, you know, 20 people being held captive by one guy with a gun kind of thing or... Things like that, you know, where they just don't seem to recognize or take advantage of options of freedom once they're kind of beat down. You know, they just admit failure or defeat and, and carry on that way. So, you know, those are things you want to keep in mind to protect. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think a, the the big deal about surviving torture is to know that there's a there's hope to keep hope up. You know, especially if you're captured by an enemy. Um, I know one of the things that I always think of uh, as somebody to look to is uh, John McCain. I was watching some interviews with him, and he had you know very unpleasant experiences. He was shot down. Uh, over North Vietnam during the war. And um, one of the things they did with him was his dad was an admiral and they offered to release him, you know, John to John McCain, not to anybody else. And uh, he refused because he knew that it was going to be used as a propaganda tool. Like, look, they're, they are after, you know, they're all right. Saving, you know, admirals, uh, children and shit but they don't give a fuck about you they don't care about you you know they only care about themselves and their own interest and so john mccain actually denied being released and stayed there to be tortured the truth is that if you're in a position where you have vital information they're not going to put you in a position where you might get captured you know the the regular gi on the ground doesn't have a whole lot of uh you know, quality intelligence. Right. Command knowledge of, right. 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 So you're more of a propaganda tool to a lot of these groups than you are, you know, uh, vital to get the information that you have in your head. Right. That's always like the ISIS move, you know, is to have the video where you're like, Oh, you know, America really has been evil all along. And, uh, you know, these guys really are doing the right thing. And, and we are dishonoring Allah, and I see it now. And yeah, yep, we should all just give up because these guys are right. And that mm-hmm. that's the propaganda tool that, you know, really can be played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of the times these, these torture techniques are used on a person, not because of who the person is, but because the effect it's going to have on other people. You know, that's why they record a lot of these things and post these videos. I remember uh, not too long ago uh, during the war in Afghanistan, I believe it was an Italian uh, fighter pilot that was captured. And they just put him in a cage and lit him on, you know, lit lit him on fire and burned him alive. That wasn't because they were trying to get information from him. That was to instill fear in the enemy. Definitely. Um, I I know in Vietnam they used to take people's... uh, people's balls and put them on a stick and post them around. Well, I imagine mm-hmm. you weren't happy being the guy whose balls got cut off, but two, it instills fear. You're like, Oh, right. you know, I don't want that to happen to me. I like my parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't imagine the guy had much use for him afterward. Right. But just the same, I'd rather keep them. So I don't know. That's kind of what I got on torture. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think that um, I would not like to do another uh, episode torture on torture because uh, all the shit that I read was pretty fucking awful and uh, unpleasant. And I hope I don't ever have to torture somebody, and I hope I don't ever have to uh, go through torture. I wouldn't be the right guy. Good. I wouldn't be the no. right guy to torture someone. You know, if you got a group of people, I'm sure there's some. I, I know a couple of people that are just sick fucks. Right, and, right. You know, they put him in charge of that shit because it ain't me. That sounds accurate. Now, you told me uh, coronavirus finally hit North Korea. Is that what you mentioned? Yeah, uh, apparently North. Uh, apparently, the coronavirus has finally spread to all the all the continents except for Antarctica. Um, uh. North Korea had their first uh, had their first uh, victim recently, their first uh, confirmed case, and uh, they solved that problem really quick. Though now they're down to zero cases uh, because they well, just what was the solution. Them. Yeah, they shot the oh. first one. So nice. now they're back down to zero. So that, that sounds mean, excellent. Just kill everybody that's got it. Sounds sounds promising. Um, yeah. You can I mean, I guess. Coughing if, you, uh, if you're dead. You know, you look kind of sick to me, Kevin. I have an idea. Did you just sneeze? Did you just sneeze? Did, you're done. Problem solved. <laughs> So, no, not bad. Yeah, so, and they are 
still imprisoning people that are reporting on the coronavirus in in China. So uh, that, that sounds right. In America you know, starting. A lot of the reports we're getting from China are not accurate because there's the threat of uh, imprisonment, immediate imprisonment if uh, if you report on it. So whatever the state decides to say is what they say. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the truth or accurate or the death toll or the infection toll is accurate. You know, it's all this stuff is, uh, you know, it's kind of guesswork at this point, what's going on in, in China. But it is starting to spread. Uh, Italy, several European countries, um, some cases in California. Uh, there's a first, uh, first case of an infection, they found an infection in a dog that had the coronavirus in Hong Kong. So maybe it can be transferred even to pets and then transferred to people. So uh-huh. just watch you out. You sneeze on your there. pet, your pet sneezes on your brother. Right. I see That's how it, it works. All right. Now, I actually heard in the U.S. that uh, some of the cases are so mild that people don't even realize, oh, that was the coronavirus, you know, that right. they end up with the minor cold or the minor whatever. Now, that could be inaccurate information. That's what I read somewhere. Who mm-hmm. knows? I just It's all inaccurate right now. I don't think anybody really has a grasp of what's going on, uh, right. how it's spread necessarily. Uh, it is spread through the air, but they don't know how, you know, if it's spread, you know, if just by touching your face, you know, touching a, uh, you know, whatever, a uh, handle for a sink or something like that that somebody else touched and then you touch your face. Yeah. They don't you think really they have a better grasp. Right. Right. And they still don't have a cure for it or a vaccine for it that is known to work. Have so, we gotten any uh, details on uh, symptoms and stuff that I know we had said in the last episode that it kind of leads to pneumonia and that kind of thing. And that's what, you know, takes you out. It kind of just weakens your immune system overall. And right. It, it's similar to a, a common cold, uh, similar to the flu, uh, the flu, body flu, aches, yes. um, you know, headaches, uh, coughing, sneezing. Uh, difficulty in breathing. So, you know, it's really one of those cases that it s- spread so fast and so, you know, so quickly in an unknown manner that they really don't have a grasp on it. Yeah. So, well, uh, what I can say California is... And you're thinking about bugging out, maybe uh, now's the time to do it before things get too too crazy, but we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. I would have recommended bugging out out of California like a year ago. So, you know, it yeah, could go yeah. either way. Yeah. Actually, it was more like 10 years ago. When was it that uh, Ronald Reagan left being the governor? Because that's yeah. about uh, when it was time to bug out yeah. of California. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, all right. So one of, uh, some of our listeners had mentioned in the past that we should check out the Zulu Chronicles. And okay. it's about a virus outbreak. And uh, kind of along the prepper theme, I hadn't, uh, I haven't actually finished it. I'm only about four or five hours in, and mm-hmm. I gotta say, every day I'm like, oh shit, you know, I should be more careful. I'm gonna get that virus. I'm gonna, you know, whatever. And they yeah. talk about how the government kind of quarantines areas or quarantines information, and by saying, oh, you know, it's really bad in New York City. You guys got to get out of there. Well. They don't want to do that. They want to keep it on the down low because when it's bad in New York City and everyone's like, screw it, I'm going to Miami to stay with my cousin or go to California or Oregon or whatever. And then they bring it and spread it even, you know, at a more rapid pace. Right. And that's really how the uh, the bubonic plague, the the Black Death spread in Europe. Everybody was fleeing the cities where uh, people were infected and bringing it to the different places. And that's why it spread across Europe so fast. Yeah. No, that's so, you know, just kind of take everything with a grain of salt and, uh, you know, see what, uh, do the right thing. Protect your family, I guess is the answer. uh, Send my, my daughter out to California to, uh, take care of her grandmother. Who's, Who's, got the uh, coronavirus obviously she's got a just had a hip replacement so she's not able to re- move around very well so we're sending her out there 
and I think I'm going to invest in some uh, some masks and some gloves for her to to wear on the plane. That's that's where you get it, man. Those yeah. people. That you know, it, it's yeah, it's it's a a box full of germs. You know, you really need to uh, you know be and careful. And just uh, blown on every everybody's faces. You know, it's circulated throughout the plane, and mm-hmm. and anybody that coughs or sneezes, it's it's spread to everybody in the plane there. So uh, I would stay away from planes if uh, I was going to make a recommendation. My recommendation has been stay away from airports since the beginning of time, but you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So with that, um, also don't forget about tag pack and our other great sponsors. Um, If you do enjoy the show, it'd be great if you went over to iTunes or wherever you download this podcast and maybe put a nice review. Um, maybe a negative review, whatever. Kevin likes either way. I get a little sad when they're negative. I'm like, screw you. I ain't making another episode. And I try <laughs> and do like a Hulk Hogan voice, you know, but uh-huh. I'm like, hey, brother, you know, and, and I'm like, this ain't right. And, you know, or maybe it's like Macho Man, Randy Savage. I don't know. These references are probably too old for a lot of you guys. But uh, mm-hmm. either way, with that, stay safe. And we will talk to you guys next week.